everybody, welcome into Mining Stock Daily. We have a corporate update here from a returning guest, uh, uh, Mr. Martin Tureen from FPX Nickel. Has been on the show before, but it has been quite some time. Uh, and if you haven't been paying attention, here's some news for you. Nickel is screaming this week, uh, up, I think, 5% on the week. Uh, Martin, give us this. Uh, what's really driving this uh, this market here? Is, is it anything different than the rest of the commodity space? Yeah, uh, good to talk to you again, Trevor. It's actually close. It's $7.90 a pound on my screen right now. So getting up to close to that $8 level. Um, yeah, uh, listen, nickel had a really good year last year, like both, most of the base metals after the kind of the, the first part of, of the year and the, all everything going on with COVID. Um, nickel, like copper and zinc, had a really good year. Um, and earlier this year, while copper was was screaming higher and it continues to scream higher here, Nickel took a bit of a breather um, based on kind of some news out of Indonesia. Um, and what we've seen here just in the last week or so is after trading kind of down to sideways for a while, it seems like nickel is, is definitely starting to play catch up to the move that we've seen in copper. You know, and I think a lot of it is it's it's benefiting from that same theme. Um, you know, in people are getting long copper, I think in large, large part due to the electrification theme. And, you know, I would argue that electrification theme is even more impactful for nickel demand than it is for copper demand just because nickel is a much smaller market than copper and so that incremental demand from electrification now and going forward actually is going to be much more impactful positively to nickel demand than it is to copper so i think you'd see a bit of a a catch-up going on uh, between uh, the the two metals uh, right now (laughs) Uh, could you break it down? I mean, maybe you don't have hard numbers here, but really the classification of nickel, like driving this, is it more on the battery grade electrification or is it also on maybe like the infrastructure spending and the use nickel's use in other applications? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, I think the, the hallmark or the backbone of nickel demand has uh, always been and is still very much, you know, stainless steel, which is very much tied to, uh, both infrastructure style spending and and consumer retail uh, uh, applications as well. And so as consumers start to spend more as people emerge from kind of COVID, <clears throat> we've certainly seen kind of stronger consumer demand for stainless. And then, of course, the infrastructure bills that are being passed, uh, you know, or being proposed in places like Canada, the United States and and further afield, that obviously is also going to positively impact infrastructure demand for, for, for stainless. So stainless has both the infrastructure and consumer dimensions. On top of that, you are seeing sort of, you know, um, record setting, you know, EV adoption in places like China and in Europe. And in, even in North America, you're starting to see uh, more and more EVs on the road. So that's starting to have <clears throat> an impact on real demand. But I would argue most of that kind of uh, the the uh, is still sort of future facing or it's still yet to come in terms of the real impact on demand from electrification from ev batteries um that's still a pretty small proportion of the overall market uh, in terms of consumption of both nickel and copper but it's going to get a lot higher in in the years to come and i think probably some uh financial in uh, financially minded investors are kind of long on these metals now with that kind of future view in mind Goldman Sachs came out, put a $22,000 price forecast on one ton of nickel here. When did you start feeling the momentum? Did, did you start feeling momentum behind this base metal complex, especially the nickel market, months ago, years ago, in the culmination to where we are now? 
It's really years ago. Um, you know, if you look back, um, late 2015, early 2016 was the bottom for, for these metals, right? Copper was trading at about a buck 80, a buck 90 a pound. And nickel was trading at about 370 a pound. Um, at that point, nickel, you know, nickel in the previous cycle had gone as high as $24 a pound. So it had gone from 24 down to 360, 370 by late 2015, early 2016. You know, uh, most of uh, the majority of nickel production at that point was loss making. So nickel producers uh, across the board were losing money and that's untenable. Um, and frankly, the, the, you know, it, what has surprised me is that it's taken this many years uh, to get to these price levels but what you've seen is by and large pretty steady move upwards a pretty measured pace of, of advance in these metal prices going back to that low of 2015 2016 um and i think still a lot lot of upside here to from here potentially in, in these metals um given these prevailing trends around electrification infrastructure spending you know improving global economy um, as well as just the fact that you just haven't seen a lot of new supply coming online from from traditional producers of nickel and copper over the last several years. Uh, we should probably spend a few moments talking about your company, FPX Nickel, instead of the overall macro developments of the metal. Uh, you know, you, you've just coming off a big financing. Uh, the, the closed at just over $16 million in your offering. Uh, what does the bank account look like now? Are you kind of still at that or a little bit above? And what is the plan for putting that money to work here this year? Yeah, so we've got over $20 million in the bank. So, yeah, we closed that financing. It was at uh, priced at $0.65 cents, uh, earlier this year just for, for straight shares, no warrants. Um, um, and so we're fully financed now really for the next couple of years at least. And in terms of what we're spending that on broadly, we have kind of two, two approaches, uh, or two, two prongs, uh, to, to, to the strategic, you know, advancement of the company. The first is taking our main, uh, asset, which is the Baptiste nickel deposit, uh, in central BC and moving that from the preliminary economic assessment, which we completed last year to the preliminary feasibility study or PFS stage. So there's, you know, all kinds of work that goes into that, um, infill drilling, metallurgical test work, you know, geotechnical, environmental evaluations, et cetera, to get the project to the point where a pre-feasibility study can be completed and we can begin the process of permitting of that project. So we're fully, fully funded to advance on that. And then the, the, other, the, other, the other part of the strategy is, is real uh, grassroots exploration. There are several very uh, appealing uh, exploration targets in our overall land package that are adjacent to that Baptiste deposit, uh, a few kilometers away from it, um, uh, several of which we think could be standalone, uh, very large nickel deposits on their own. So Baptiste is already one of the five largest undeveloped nickel deposits in the world. And we think there's the potential in exploration to delineate other deposits of a similar or potentially even larger scale elsewhere within the land package and really turn this into a true sort of district scale, um, uh, multi-generational, uh, nickel mining operation. You had published a PEA, uh, just over a month ago. So really you have a kind of a base shelf prospectus here, the estimate of what it's going to take and build off of in that PEA, uh, just, uh, 
you know, giving you a quick numbers, uh, NPV of $1.7 billion in an after-tax internal rate of return of 18.3% for Baptiste. Uh, I know you, you probably took a little bit of heat during that time because you did use a base case nickel price of $7.75 a pound at the time. Uh, we're, you know, using that now, you're obviously kind of in that realm. Uh, but is that uh, a little bit of a risky scenario for you at the time? Do you feel like that or do you feel like that risk is off the table? Uh, yeah, we, we our, our approach for that uh, base case price of seven seventy five dollars a pound was just based on uh, an average of, of several different uh, nickel market analysts' long-term price forecasts. And in fact, within sort of a month or two of that PEA being published, the nickel price was close to $9 a pound. And as you said, today it's close to $8 a pound. So um, both in terms of looking forward at analyst projections of the nickel price, you know, that range of sort of 750 to 850 a pound is kind of where most analysts kind of see the nickel price. So we think we're right kind of down the fairway, so to speak, in our in our nickel price assumption. We don't think of that as being a particularly high risk. Uh, there's a couple other pieces of news that have been published in the last couple of months, including stuff out of metallurgical testing. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on here. Uh, but what also is kind of catching my eye, uh, which what you've done is uh, de- uh, testing carbon capturing from the project uh you know you're seeing more exploration companies kind of go down this path uh curious as to obviously we understand why something like this could be valuable important we've seen uh you know the likes of robert friedland talking about uh capex is going to have to include the amount of money it takes to capture carbon in the in the future uh so obviously you're, you're setting the stage for that uh, but really you know when when it came time to decide if this is what you were going to do, what were some of those conversations like? Yeah, so there's two aspects to the story for carbon uh, that I think are significant for FPX for our pro- that are unique to our product. One is when you look at the uh, amount of carbon emissions for every uh, ton of nickel produced at, at our from our project, we envision that that will be very low. In fact, lower than any other type of nickel production or any other nickel mine globally. Um, there's several factors for that. One is the one of the main driving one is that our our facilities will be on uh, hydroelectric power, which is effectively a zero carbon source of power. Uh, so we think we can produce nickel for a very low carbon footprint. Um, beyond that, though, we have the very sort of unique mineralogy at our deposit, and uh, the content of certain minerals that, when they're exposed to carbon dioxide, will actually act as a carbon sink. So those minerals, principally a mineral called brucite, when it's exposed to carbon dioxide, it actually naturally captures that that, that CO2 and locks mm-hmm. it away so that our, our waste and tailings facility will act as a, as a huge sort of, you know, carbon capture and storage facility effectively and further reduce our, our gross carbon footprint. And that's something that we're uniquely well positioned to take advantage of. Um, Really, we're not aware of any deposit in the world that has as high a content of brucite, which is this key active mineral. And so we think we can be a leader in in ultimately capturing significant amounts of carbon dioxide and actually having this potentially be um, a carbon neutral operation um, once you factor in that natural sequestration of, of carbon in our tailing. So we've been studying this for the last five years, and I think we've been a bit of a leader, certainly in the junior space in terms of publishing uh, data and test work that we've done in that regard. That's really fascinating. Uh, today's Lessons in Science was brought to you by FPX Nickel. 
It's awesome. <laughs> uh, what about the metallurgical stuff? Uh, obviously, nickel's not worth anything if you can't extract it from the ground and process it. Uh, a couple of different uh, tests were going on that with with some success. Uh, Martin, walk us through that news. Yeah, so we we did really good metallurgical, uh, what would be called bench scale or lab scale metallurgical test work in support of the preliminary economic assessment that we did last year. And now as we move into preliminary feasibility study, that necessitates working, uh, doing test work on higher volumes of material in pilots. Uh, and that, you know, the opportunity is there to kind of validate the assumptions that went into the PEA and also to see if we can optimize recoveries and, and potentially lower the operating cost parameters. And one of the key outputs of that will be producing nickel products, including producing uh, nickel products that are suitable for uh, consumption in the electric vehicle battery marketplace. So it should be quite a bit of news flow over the rest of the year related just to metallurgy. Um, and some of it, I think, will be quite appealing in terms of its tie into that uh, sort of EV battery theme. Uh, Martin, uh, we're just kind of running out of time here, but what's something uh, that really you want to highlight for the listeners here of Mining Stock Daily? What do you want them to know um, about FPX Nickel and Baptiste is, you know, you really are ramping up exploration and obviously a ton of technical study work. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, on the basis of Baptiste, as you said, is a, it's, you know, in Canadian dollars, it's over $2 billion net present value project. And our current market capitalization is only about 150 million or so. So we're trading at a real fraction of our overall project value. And that, ass uh, that assigns no value for that exploration upside, as you mentioned. And again, we're going to be doing an initial drill program at a target we call VAN this year. And we think the VAN target could actually potentially be larger and or higher grade than Baptiste. So we, we think there's an opportunity here for uh, discovery potential for another major uh, uh, nickel deposit globally. We know we already have one of the five largest uh, nickel deposits in the world, and we think we could potentially reproduce that. And we know that the market, you know, loves expiration. And so we'll have a lot of news on that front as well that we'd like to kind of get people, you know, thinking about the implications to, to valuation if we do have that that next major discovery. Uh, the market loves new discoveries. <laughs> Hopefully we're right. <laughs> Martin, appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and uh, appreciate the update, really. It's been too far too long since you've been on the show. And uh, hopefully later this summer is news. Uh, hits the tape out of FPX. We'll have you back on for some more commentary. That'd be great. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate your time. Uh, that's your market commentary from FPX Nickel. Again, they trade on the TSX venture with FPX. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.